Our scripture reading for today is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Romans, the 12th chapter, beginning with verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. You stood there in line with your family, waiting to get into this courtyard. Thousands of people around you, different lines going in. And your dad had this animal in his arms as you stood there waiting. And at the end of the line of people where you were heading, there was a a man in a long robe standing there, and he had a big machete in his hand. And as your dad finally got up to the front of the line, the man in the robe with the machete would hand this huge knife to your dad, and then the man would grab a big bowl, and your dad would take this little lamb and just chop the head off the lamb and start to push the blood from the body out through that through that cut and wound and cutting the lamb's head off and this man would gather the blood in a basin and they would take it and pour it into a bucket and a, a younger man in a, would come and grab the bucket and pass it on to another man and kind of created a bucket brigade up a staircase all the way up probably about as high as the balcony in here different men handing buckets on and on the way down there were buckets coming back empty buckets and they would take this bucket of blood and throw it on this big fire up on top of an altar and there was so much blood down on the courtyard on the pavement that that uh, teenage boys would come out with buckets of water and spread it around just to kind of rinse it down sometimes it got so deep that it was up to the ankle bones of the priests and it just smelled like death and blood all over the place. What a, what a strange place the temple must have seemed to be. So weird to us. This was, this was the religion of God? It just sounds so bizarre to us, doesn't it? They claim that during Passover weekend, probably 18,000 lambs were slaughtered. It got so, there was so much death that the, the little river that went by the city of Jerusalem would turn pink because there was so much blood being washed down into the, into the streets and everything. Just think what a, what a strange sight this must have been. It, it's kind of difficult for us Christians today to identify with this Old Testament form of worship and what it must have been like to be around the temple grounds. Now, all of this, of course, had been designed by God very intentionally to, to really show, if you will, the serious nature of sin. You know, we, we live in a culture that just thinks the whole concept of sin is silly and funny and kind of old-fashioned. And we're tempted to kind of think that way, too, to not really take sin very seriously. It's kind of a joke. And yet, in God's plan of things, you can see how serious the concept of sin is between us and God. 
how horrible, evil, and wretched it really is from God's perspective when he looks at humanity, when he looks at us, when he looks into my life and into my past and my record. You can tell just how horrible sin is and how serious of a nature it has by all the death of these animals through the years. Just heads getting cut off of animals constantly, every day. Blood everywhere, death everywhere. It was just a a pavilion of death, a pavement just soaked in blood. I bet the priests' wives had to, had to wash out white garments and things from their husbands just constantly, every day when they would come home from work. And it was God's way of, of demonstrating how serious sin was and that there is no forgiveness before him without blood. There's no forgiveness before God without death. There has to be a victim Someone has to pay for this and atone for this. And the the people who lived before the time of Christ, waiting for the Messiah to come, this was their life. This was their worship life. This was stuff that God had designed and instituted so that they could see and realize just how serious sin is and what really had to happen for there to be forgiveness. This all seems so strange to us because we don't have to do it anymore. It's gone. We don't have to bring animals to church. We don't have to have your dad take a machete and cut the head off a lamb anymore. How come? Because the one great victim that all of these dead animals, millions of dead animals were pointing to through the Old Testament history, all of, the, all of those victims were pointing, pointing to the one great victim And that is God's own son himself, who had to ultimately come and shed his blood and to die on the cross so that we could have full forgiveness of all of our sins, complete and full forgiveness of all of our sins. And because of that, trusting in that, we can be sure that we're going to go to heaven someday. Now, St. Paul, in the book of Romans, for the first 11 chapters, has taken taken us on kind of a grand tour of God's mercy that that produced that sacrifice of Christ for you and me. He's taken us on a grand tour of that. I'm just going to read a couple passages that are very familiar to us. Paul writes, we are justified freely, that means declared innocent, freely by God's grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. And then I love this one, having been justified through faith, so having been declared perfect before God by faith in Christ, Having been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access to faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in the the fact that we know we're going to heaven. Think what hope we have from that. And one of my favorite passages in Romans 8, verse 1, I want this on my gravestone. There is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That gives someone as wretched and wicked as I am such hope to know that that because of Christ, there's no chance of me going to hell. There's no condemnation for those who by faith are now in Christ Jesus. So throughout all of this, God has been saying to his believers, you are my child. I have heaven waiting for you. It's been paid for by the blood of my son. He was the great victim that had to die. You don't need the dead animals anymore. It's all been taken care of through Christ. So Paul has just been teaching us all of this. And now in chapter 12, verse 1, what does he say to us? 
He has us kind of look back at all of this and think what it means for you and your future. And he says, in view of God's mercy, looking at all of this, in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as a living sacrifice. Not a dead sacrifice like these animals. As a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Notice, I want you to notice something here. He's talking about how we live our lives as Christians, okay? And he's not motivating you by law. He's not motivating you by intimidation or force or threatening you with something God's going to do to you if you don't do this. No. He says, in view of God's mercy, look what he's done. Think what you've got in your future. Think of the life that's waiting for you. Think of the peace you have with God forever. In view of that, how will this now impact how you live your life as one of his children? Now, there'll be a challenge with this. He says, you're going to feel the pressure of the world. If you've ever watched a, a, a potter working with clay on a, on a wheel, and you'll see how he can take that soft clay and shape it and form it, that's the same type of word that is used in the Greek here, to be careful not to conform, to be shaped, by the pattern of this world, the way this world thinks about a lot of stuff, sexuality, materialism, just a whole bunch of different things that tries to shape and pressure us as Christians in our culture today to think differently than God would have us think. He says, don't conform to that. And so how do we stay away from letting that happen? He says, be transformed. Remember transformers? <laughs> be transformed changed by the renewing of your mind. It's a, a Greek word for metamorphosis. It's the actual Greek word. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind according to the will of God, staying with God's will in Scripture, staying with his directions in the Bible of how we should live our lives. And all of this should be done in view of God's mercy. What he's really saying to you is this. When you go out there and live your life as a Christian, just keep in mind where you really belong. Keep in mind where your real citizenship is that's been won for you because of the blood of your Savior. So, he says, present our lives in, in response to this grace as living sacrifices, not like dead animals, but living sacrifices. Think, think of standing inside of a collection plate, okay? Put your life inside of the collection plate to God. And I'll say this to you as, as young people, okay? God will find ways to bless those who offer to him in faith the flower of their youth. God will bless your life when you offer to him in faith in Christ the flower of your youth. What a gracious heavenly father we have. Amen.